You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down in the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant. Hello everyone, Tom Canning here from The Real Reading Podcast. As you know, me and the team are currently on a short break and we'll be back with a full podcast on Friday the 30th of August. In the meantime though, just so you've got something to listen to, I had a chat with Rodri Buttrick, aka Rodders, who's the man behind the Stand and Deliver Comedy Club in Reading Town Centre. He's about to head off to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I thought I'd ask him all about it. Here we go. Hello everybody, uh, I am here with Rodri Buttrick, aka Rodders, uh, he's been on the podcast before May 2018, I believe I've just checked it up so I should know. Um, hey Rodders, how are you? I'm good, I-, I hope that I've grown since then, it was many moons ago, <laughs> uh, yeah no, it's, it's, it's lovely to be back on the most Reading-centric podcast going. Well, it, uh, as far as I can tell, it's the only podcast about Reading that isn't about Reading Football Club, so yeah. I'm proud of that. That's oh, good, no, Reading deserves podcasts. <laughs> And hopefully, you know, for a long time, we'll be the only one. I don't want other people like just getting onto our turf. Oh I don't no, want... I'm not getting involved in a podcast turf <laughs> war. Um, the least uh, cool of turf wars ever, I think. <laughs> yes, I don't think anybody comes out a winner there, do they? No. <laughs> so, uh, Rodders, um, you came on before to talk about your comedy club, which was the Stand and Deliver Comedy Club mm-hmm. above Smoking Billies. Yes. Which I regularly tell people there is a comedy club above Smoking Billies, and they don't believe me because they remember it as a um, the ladies of dancing. Oh yeah, no, in the uh, where um, I never went, of course. Right. Well, the uh, bar staff are often having to turn away disappointed. Um, <laughs> men, gentlemen, shall we call them? Um, but there's a place. For that in Reading. There is. And, and, <laughs> and it's not there anymore. We we do have a, have a comedy club. Although I did do uh, comedy in there while it was still that sort of establishment. Oh, wow. Coming yeah, in, so have... I performed in all of the glamorous places. <laughs> so talking of glamorous places, the reason that I have you on is... So uh, probably uh, maybe about this point last year, you have your own... Uh, I'm meandering at the moment. I'll get to the point. Yeah, but, the, the um, club is still very much alive, though. It's, it's three and a half years old, um, which is weird because I didn't really, I wasn't that. I was, I was wondering. You think you plan about a month at a time, yeah. and you think, is it going to make it past show number three? And then suddenly, three years later, the venue is so behind it, and that's really, really, really good because because if they're not into it, um, then yeah. I can't be into it, and uh, we've, got, we've got a lovely group of regulars. And uh, our 50 seats are more full than they are not these days, so which is lovely. Excellent. But we could always do with new punters. Of course, of course. So, I, I, as I say, I, I was listening to your podcast about this time last year, I think. You have your own podcast, Stand and Deliver Comedy Podcast. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And I noticed on Twitter that you said in 2019 you were going to the Reading Fringe Festival again. So I thought it might be quite fun to talk to you about what it's like for a Reading man to be going to the Reading Fringe Festival 
go. Going to the Reading French Festival. No, I do not mean the Reading I did French do the Reading French Festival this year. Very, very <laughs> last minute, I ended up supporting my good friend Lucas Jolson. Uh, the show was somewhat disrupted by a mad drunk woman. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how she got in, but she did. Uh, but yeah, we had a nice audience and we're in After Dark. Excellent. And uh, yeah, that was I was booked quite last minute for that by my friend Lucas. So it was, I haven't done Reading French since 2016, so it's... Nice to be back gigging in my hometown. Well, that was a lovely segue. I, of yeah. course, meant the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, the festival. Edinburgh Fringe. Um, <laughs> I, the Reading Fringe is far more convenient in yes. terms of distance. And I, I love the fact Reading is, yes. is carrying on with its fringe and it's going to get bigger, 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 fingers crossed, and good on them. But yeah, the Edinburgh Fringe, it's like the comedian's equivalent of Mecca. Yes. And when we're in the wings waiting to go on at a club, we pray facing towards Edinburgh, hoping that our <laughs> jokes will land and that... Uh, uh, our segues will be poignant and the hecklers will not come for us. Uh, but it is an incredible thing, Edinburgh. It's not a huge town, uh, but every comedian from every walk of life, from every country, descend upon this. The Scots flee, uh, renting their accommodation for extortionate fees. And so it's like a parallel universe when the only people left are comics and people who like watching comics and then there's a bit of improv and theatre and there's something called the Edinburgh Tattoo that I don't think people go to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bit more military, isn't it? Rather yes, than, um, I, I of, don't know. That's some it, sort of, yeah, they charged show. to get in and I was busy. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, it is. It, you can see every type of performance art wow. pretty much. You can see every type of comedy style and... Well, just as with the Reading Fringe, they used everything from After Dark to the Turtle yeah. to the basement, the beautiful basement floor of uh, the Three Guineas, the Cellar Bar. Edinburgh used everything as a wow. venue. Uh, I've seen performances on t- on the top deck of buses. And as a uh, sick joke, a promoter even put on a gig in a chicken coop where it's room for a comic <laughs> and an audience member. Uh, it's intimate, so, I think, uh, estate yes. agents. Uh, estate agents would call it cosy. But yes. yeah, everything from a chicken coop to um, 200 seater ballrooms. Wow. You've got the lot in Edinburgh. So you have a show? Yes, I Edinburgh. am part of the... I'm joining my friends and comedy colleagues, Joe Baines and Peter merriment at the global comedy club we're calling it uh we are on if you are going to edinburgh well, i'm going to be there from the 18th to the 25th we're at city cafe in the room called 90s because it's 90s theme probably got the spice girls mural up on the wall <laughs> and we are on at half past midnight every morning until half past one in the morning uh me joe baines peter merriment and uh, I, i'm excited because last year i had an early morning slot yes, I heard and yes. yeah i did mirth in the morning uh, but this time I'm up to the other end of the day, past the witching hour. Are you, is that how's that going to be for you? Because I remember you said on your podcast that you in your in your early morning set you didn't do it. There was no swearing. You didn't do any. There was no. I think there was. Uh, I think there pretty much was. I don't tend to swear much unless I'm really nervous yes. or I, I have one or two sweary gags. But it was more that the vibe was a bit more low key, and uh, we were also the the audience were a bit older. We've got a lot yeah. of people in their sixties who uh, are more generous with the bucket, so good on them. <laughs> and we ended up being the dad crash. Um, the parents and the mums <laughs> would go after the children's shows, and we'd have to look after the the yeah. fathers, <laughs> which was lovely. So we had a lovely little thirty to forty seater room. and we were half full plus a bit more most days and considering how quiet Edinburgh is at that time at 11 in the morning I I was so happy with that (laughs) I just got given the spot I didn't ask for that spot but it worked out well whereas this time half past midnight is actually a good spot in terms of footfall especially our venue is very very central I've done I've been to Edinburgh only once before in fact with my 
colleague Joe Baines, friend I suppose by this time, um, <laughs> and we did midnight. And what happens about that kind of time? As long as you're before one a.m., they don't tend to be completely smashed, yeah. but they tend to. You, there's more odds of that being the case. And they tend to be more up for it, more energetic. Uh, so it can work in your favour. And uh, anything after about 1am, then, well, Joe did a 1am show once and it got so ridiculous, he was actually assigned his own bouncer who would sit in like an umpire's high chair <laughs> oh, wow. and menace the crowd because um, it was getting dangerous. He, yeah. he, he was in serious um, threat of physical harm <laughs> from, from some of the, the drunk, shall we say, clientele yes. uh, but hopefully it will stay on the right side of, of boiling so in. That, that doesn't that doesn't sound particularly appealing to really do is that is, is that something that happens a lot do you think like, it can but sometimes you do just meet some yeah. uh if you're out in late night yeah. then people are drinking then every so often it, fights happen uh, comics are shouted at you know drunks yeah. will be drunks and yeah. if you're exposed to them then every so often one <laughs> is going to have a go at you but for every malicious drunk there's probably about you know 20 odd appreciative kind nice audience members so it's you've got to yeah. you've got to not let the few bad experiences uh mar the the, the good ones so i think half midnight could actually be i'm quite excited about it because i'm I, last time i was i was comparing I had a lot of acts on, whereas it's just three of us, so I'm yeah. doing slightly more stage time, probably going to do about 20-odd minutes each uh, every single night, as well as performing spots at other people's shows in the day. So I'm looking forward to just going out there and working whatever yeah. room I'm, I'm given. <laughs> um, so and do, do you have particular ways of, of dealing with, with a heckler or...? or- I learnt the hard way. Actually, it was in the Oakford Social Club. I, I was, I was particularly rowdy on a Friday night. I suspect. Well, it's just a weird place for comedy because it's like doing it in a. It's good for music, but it's like doing it in a barn. Yeah, and I, pillars, I was, yeah, I was booked. I don't know how you get drunks in there on a Sunday, but you do. <laughs> but I kept being booked to do Sunday evening shows, yeah. and we just got the most obnoxious people turn up, and I really lost it at one of them. <laughs> um, and the trouble is with that. Um, I then scared all the nice people that are sitting in the front and second row. So then they were too scared to (laughs) laugh because they thought that I was going to treat them the same way. So I I tend to be a bit more customer service now. I mean, I remember I had a heckler in Wokingham of all places. Yeah, he, he asked for my address, which is obviously code for I want to beat you up. So I think I gave him my email address and just took everything like it was a genuine inquiry. And the people who were clued up knew what I was doing, and he was a bit disarmed. Because, like, my mate Lucas always says, if you're with hecklers, if you bark at a dog, it will bark back louder, and then you've yeah. got a shouting match. Whereas yeah. if you're, I know, throw a ball for it or something, like, just <laughs> stay in control, but in a, in a playful way is what I try to do. But it's a steep learning curve, and it's yeah. one of these things where you learn on the job and yeah. every time it happens then you think oh maybe I could have done that a little bit better and then hopefully when it happens the next time you recognise the scenario and do it a bit better again <laughs> um, so when it comes to Edinburgh then are you, I mean presumably you're not commuting but um, are you staying somewhere are you staying somewhere nice somewhere yes, palatial yes I am well I think it's good enough I'm staying in a room at a hall of residence and oh, okay. uh, breakfast is included um, oh. so I'm living the life of luxury considering there are horror stories of people uh, yeah. having to hire sofa beds for um, hundreds of pounds uh, it has become unfortunately as the Edinburgh Fringe has grown and dwarfed even the 
the, the actual festival, which I don't, don't think anyone knows much around now, it has become a game yeah. of let's see how much we can exploit the performers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you're a busker, you make millions. Yeah. Well, quite a lot. Uh, if you're a comic, then you have to just end up paying for the nose for absolutely yeah. everything. And to do a full run, uh, it will cost you thousands. And there's tales of people selling out 100-seater venues every night still losing a couple of grand really? so yeah the the economics are stacked against because the, the desire to do comedy yeah. is so great people i think prey on that um so and, and of course i guess you have to go as you say it's, it's the mecca of comedy but and you have to go to get noticed as well i suppose yeah there is an awful lot of that although there's, there's more ways now to get noticed yeah. than edinburgh and edinburgh it's harder and harder to get noticed because there's there's just so many yeah. more comics so I, I like to think uh if if um you go there and your goal is to be on the get on the tv especially if it's your first <laughs> or second year you're going to be disappointed but yeah. if you go there and think well what can i learn what can I get out of yeah. this? Because, sure, you might end up on Live at the Apollo. That's a show everyone seems to name for some reason. <laughs> and uh, But if you don't, then you might as well enjoy your attempts yeah. to go somewhere. <laughs> like if you, if you, and also, if you got to Live, you hear tales of professional comedians looking back and thinking, oh, if only I'd enjoyed my journey up on the way yeah. a bit more. So I, th- I just try to be very short-termist with it. And my goals this uh, for this short run in Edinburgh, gig much as I can learn a lot come back a better comic and also scout for my comedy club because yes. I can I can spend a whole day I can watch a couple of shows a day and um, that's just such a good opportunity I'll, I'll discover talent that otherwise yeah. I wouldn't have ever had access to so it's it's so exciting as a as a booker to yes. go up there as well <laughs> and there's obviously some some huge names in comedy there it, yeah do you, do you sort of get to rub shoulders with them is it is it a bit like kind of you just you're walking around and there's uh, Frank Skinner, or there's yeah. Sometimes uh, you, you can be lucky, and you see them wandering down the street, or you, um, uh, or you just find them in a bar. Yeah. But for the most part, uh, it's really exciting to see those. But like, for example, my favourite comic yeah. is Paul Foot. But I'll probably watch him in Reading at yeah. South Street or in on Oxford because uh, for some reason they didn't book him uh, <laughs> last year for weird reason. But I'm I've seen him. I know who he is. I want to go see something yeah. new because last yeah. year I made the mistake of watching a lot of my friends or comics I already knew, which was lovely to catch up yeah. with them but I came back with a very short list of new people to book yeah. for Stand and Deliver so yes I suppose it's a bit like going on holiday to Spain and claiming that the complaining that the fish and chips are not the same as at home isn't it rather yeah. than maybe trying the, the local the local cuisine so to speak I guess it's like going to McDonald's and not trying the latest McFlurry you're just yes. depriving yourself <laughs> although you could get that McFlurry at any McDonald's that's just a terrible example <laughs> I do, hate to pick you up on it mm. <laughs> But yeah, you, I just want to see something new yeah. and something fresh. Uh, it and, uh, makes, makes a lot of sense. And the guys I'm working with are, are great fun as well. Joe is uh, Joe Baines, not his real name, is a fascinating bloke. He came from a small village in India, right. came over to this country, not having a clue or any ability to speak English, changed his name to an English name in order to uh, score higher <laughs> in job interviews. And he's just completely mad. Uh, for example, I was just complaining about the price of rent in Edinburgh. Do you know how he cut down his Edinburgh costs last year? I'm hoping you're going to tell me. He got membership to a 24-hour gym. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So he's just in the gym? He kept on the mat. Not every <laughs> night, granted, but there were a few nights yeah. where he, he pretended to meditate and just kept in the gym. And he does these mad... And he's also up for anything. Like that show at 1am he did, uh, I, I just said, Joe, that would be awful, I'd never do that. And he was like, well, I wanted to put myself in the tightest, hardest spot. 
so I could become a better comic. And it is those experiences. Yeah. If you can, if you're resilient enough, they make you stronger. And he's just kind of so affable because uh, he's because when he's get, given a good gig, he's like. Oh wow! This is a luxury because yeah. he's he's just used to gong shows and all sorts of terrible things. Yes, that's. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. The idea of sort of meditating on a mat because no one, no one is going to come over to an Indian fellow. No, meditating exactly. Like, Excuse me, mate. Are you? Asleep? It's just not going to happen. It's a. It's a, a friend of mine's dad uh, goes regularly to uh, a football league club and um, takes in a flask of what looks like coffee. But it's actually Brilliant. Uh, a, a dark IPA from from the local pub. But no one is ever gonna ask to check an old boy's coffee flask. No, they're not. You, you'd worry about yeah. offending them, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> Where's a youth with yeah. a bottle of orange squash? Hey, oh, exactly. is that vodka? Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Fantastic. So, yeah. are you? So, obviously, you know, you're hoping to to learn some some different things. Yeah. Is there anything kind of that that what are the sort of the regular things you go out there and do? I mean, aside from going to gigs and stuff, which parts of Edinburgh do you go to? Are there where, where are your favourite places to watch? I'm just if anybody is going, where where would you recommend? Well, it's, it depends. You just look through the program yeah. and you um, choose. I don't have a particular venue because each venue would have. I have venues I like to perform yeah. in, but each venue could have you know, 50-odd accent in a day. Some of them would be awful, some of them would be good. So <laughs> the best thing to do is read some of the reviews or latch onto someone who knows. Like, yeah. I'm meeting up with some of my comedian friends and I'm just going to let them take me to a show yeah. and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll enjoy it. It's just about taking potluck. And the, yeah. the reviews do help. Um, word of mouth is very powerful as well, so just listen to people chatting in pubs. Um, and nowhere's very far. Yeah. And if you're central in Edinburgh, most of the venues are only yeah. max 20-minute walk, so you can really pack your day in and like you can see a mixture of paid for and free shows so yeah. there's just you can't it's really hard to to recommend unless you be a bit open-minded and also if you do end up seeing something rubbish then you probably you're under no obligation to put money in their bucket no and acts need the liberty of being allowed to be rubbish like i'll probably make a terrible mess yeah. on some nights but how, how else do you do it so you've, you've got to learn and you've got to permit them failure uh, it's the ones that come back year after year and don't improve yeah. <laughs> those are the ones that ought to take a look at themselves but if you see something rubbish in Edinburgh yeah. you're only a couple of steps away from a, a brilliant from show another, so yeah. uh, be charitable but also make sure you see some good ones <laughs> don't write nasty things on Facebook I would say no I, I tend not because I guess I'm biased because I'm a comic I only tend if I, if I were to write a comment about someone's show I tend to Shut up if it's a bad one. <laughs> well, I write something nice if yeah. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. Or if I know them personally, I'll tell them. Um, yeah. Um, how many years have you been going to the Fringe in Edinburgh? Uh, I've, well, I, this will be my third. Okay. I've had a massive gap in between the first and the second. <laughs> so last year, uh, when I was actually in yeah. charge and running my own show, felt like my first proper Fringe. Right. Because um, I was booking the acts. I was having to you know, get the graphic yeah. designer to make my flyer. <laughs> Whereas this year, I actually got my venue... Um, the venues were very oversubscribed this year. And because I wasn't doing a full run, the odds of you getting a venue are a bit small, slimmer. Right. So I actually got turned down. So I wasn't going to go to Edinburgh until Joe Baines and Peter Merriman popped up uh, and said, would you like to come to Edinburgh <laughs> with us? I was like, well, yeah. So really, I've, I've, I'm, I owe them this year, to be honest. Fair enough. I do. I just thought that out. Actually, I do actually owe them. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, hopefully they won't listen and they'll forget. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so just, that sort of leads on to my next question, which is sort of so over over those couple of times you've been, is anyone you've sort of seen there that's gone on to do anything spectacular, is it, or, or you know anyone you thought might? Well, yourself. It's, it's all a bit of a. No, it's all a bit <laughs> of a. It's all a bit of a blur, to be honest <laughs> with you. But I, I did see an act called Will Franken, right. who was um, absolutely incredible. He does a lot of very controversial political stuff, but also he's kind of like, I guess, it's like an evil Robbie Williams. He, <laughs> he can do all these voices, and he sort of in twenty fourteen I saw him, and that kind of broke the mould in my brain to what comedy could be because the stuff he was doing was impossible like he'd be on stage and the radio would be playing the news and he'd stand up and then have an argument with the radio and it (laughs) it was uh, blew my mind and he was one of the first sort of big name comedians that I I booked at Stand and Deliver so I always think of Edinburgh I always associate Edinburgh with Will Franken (laughs) in a cave um Everyone would have done it, like Robert White that did yeah. Britain's Got Talent, well, came second last year, I think it was, he will have done it. Every comedian you will have seen on TV will have been through uh, the hallowed gates of Edinburgh at, at some point, and some of them just keep going back still. Yeah. Frank Skinner is yeah. back at Edinburgh, like, it does, it, it's just, it's like a comedy theme park. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does sound like you're really, really looking forward to it. No, I am, I'm, I'm well up for the for the challenge, whatever it will, will bring. Just before we finish, Rodders, and... Um, Obviously, as I mentioned, you've got your own podcast. Just talk to us about it. Where can we find it? Yeah, like I always, my my favourite activity is go, waiting to go on stage and just chatting to yeah. comics because they're they're weird and wonderful and and colourful characters. Um, so my podcast, the Stand and Deliver Comedy Podcast, is it's based around my comedy club. I interview some of the the most interesting acts who have been through the doors there, and also when I'm out and about on the road, I've always got my recorder. So you yeah. just get a bit of in-depth interview and you get a bit of sort of insight into the quite frankly ludicrous life (laughs) on the road of a a comedian it goes from ludicrously fraught to uh, like spending hours in lay-by or in a blooming service (laughs) station from ludicrously dull but we capture it all and encapsulate it all the gigs like i was in london in covent garden the other week um one of the punters got his his, uh, husband got stuck in a toilet midway through my set stuff that you just (laughs) couldn't believe happening has happened and i've managed to document it all so yeah go to rodders.com for that r-h-o-d-d-e-r-s.com there's links to my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that on there. And if you type um, Stand and Deliver Comedy Podcast yep. into iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, um, then we should pop up. Lovely. Rodgers, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. That was Rodgery Buttrick, a.k.a. Rodgers, from the Stand and Deliver Comedy Club. It's always great to chat to him. I think we last chatted to him back in May 2018. Uh, And as you heard, he's off to uh, enjoy himself and work very, very hard at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. If you're going up, look out for him. And if not, you can always catch him and his his comedic colleagues at the Stand and Deliver Comedy Club, which is the second Thursday of every month. Uh, And just look out for Stand and Deliver Comedy Club on Google and on social media. That's all from me. Uh, We'll see you on uh, Friday the 30th of August when we bring back the Real Reading podcast. Bye. You're listening to the Real Reading podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not not a very good idea. 
ever watched that program, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that was you brilliant, see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, man. that was brilliant.